So today we'll do a little bit of a change because instead of doing the parsha, we'll do it for Purim. Okay? Purim is coming up. And, okay, so here I prepared a little bit, um, you know, an idea about Purim. Um, you know, it's, it's important that when we celebrate a holiday, uh, that we, we take a message that would be relevant to us today as well. Because if we, um, we just celebrate something that happened a long time ago, uh, and we don't apply it, or we don't find the message for today, it's almost, uh, you know, it's, it almost becomes irrelevant, and there's really not such a good reason for, for doing it now. Well, it's important to remember God's miracles. Um, there is actually a statement in the Mishnah, which the Balshemtov has a little twist. Uh, the Mishnah talks about reading the Megillah out of order, like if you do the, um, let's say, one the later verse before the earlier verse, you're doing it backwards, that the Mishnah says you can't do that because layots, but the Hebrew word is, is sort of, is like a play on the words. It's Abkoyre Megillah Lemafreya. Lemafreya would mean like it happened a long time ago. If you read the Megillah and you think it happened a long time ago and it's not applicable today, then you haven't fulfilled your obligation. So basically, it means that you gotta, according to the Baal Shem Tov's interpretation, find a, a meaning for it for today. Okay, so now, so the first question would be is, where does the name uh, Purim come from? I know it's true. So, okay, so the, 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 the question that we have here is, where does the name Purim come from? It's a Persian word for lot, right? Like a lottery? Right. So, um, so why don't we read in the verse, it says, okay, so this is a verse uh, which is in, uh, in the Megillah, in chapter 9 over there, in verse 26. Okay, Heidi, you want to read, read it for, okay, therefore. Therefore they call this these days Purim after the word Pur. Therefore, because of all the words of this letter and what they, what they saw concerning this matter and what happened to them. Okay, so they called these days Purim after the name Pur. What is the Pur? The Pur is Genesis. said Pur is a lottery. Mm-hmm. So because it was a lottery, that, you know, what was the lottery? The lottery was actually Haman. Uh, when he wanted to figure when he would have a good chance to do harm to the Jewish people, he was looking for a time which is sort of bad sign for the Jews. And he came across Adar. He thought that that was a bad time for the Jews. So he picked that as the day. Now, that is what the meaning of Purim, okay? So what is the meaning of the word Purim, okay? Okay, the Hebrew word for the word Purim. What would be the Hebrew word for the word Purim? Said Laz, what would be the Hebrew word? Goral. Goralot. Goral is Goral means a lottery. Like a lottery would be a Goral. You make a you you you, you make a lottery. That's a, called the Goral. Do do the second verse. Do the four. Do the second verse. This is in verse twenty-four in the Megillah. Okay, what does it say? For Haman, the son of Amaditha, the Agagite. The adversary of all the Jews had devised to destroy the Jews, and he cast the poor, that is the lot, to terrify them and destroy them. Okay, so he cast the poor, that is the lot. The poor, Purim, Purim is the plural of poor, right? Poor would be a lot, Purim would be lots. And uh, poor, who. Now look at the Hebrew for one second. It says in the, la- the last line over here, it says, Vehipil poor, who. Hagorel. Hagorel is the lot. Mm-hmm. So, essentially, what does the goral mean? Goral means the lot. 
now the question becomes uh, why are we calling the holiday by the Persian name? See, even the Pasuk, the verse itself, needs to explain itself. When it says he will poor, he translates the poor who hagaral. So he's telling you the lot. That means that the word poor itself would not be understood. The entire Megillah is written in the Hebrew language. So this is a Persian ver- word. So the um, uh, the verse has to explain what is the meaning of poor. He says who hagaral. That is the lot. Now which is the only holiday as that has a Persian name, which is Purim. What is the name of, let's say, even the other holiday from the rabbis would be Hanukkah. The word Hanukkah is a Hebrew word, Chanu Chavhei. And of course, all the other Yom Tovs, you know, Yom Tov means a good day, um, Rosh Hashanah means the beginning of the year, Yom Kippur means a day of atonement, of forgiveness, Simchat Torah, or we have uh, Passover, Pesach, or we have... Uh, Shavuot or Sukkot, they're all Hebrew names. The only name that is in Persian is the name of the poor Purim. And the question is why? So what is the message of Kuhn? Why did they name the name Purim? What is the message over here? Okay. Now, then if you look at it a little bit, it's a little bit surprising. What was the purpose of these lotteries that Haman drew? Why did he do them? To destroy the Jews. Now, so look at this. Why would we call the holiday with a name that represents instructions? We understand like Hanukkah, we call it when they rested because they were more... The, throwing the lotteries was the way that Haman tried to do harm to the Jewish people. So why would we name the holiday after the lotteries that he wanted to do bad? We should name the after the salvation, like we were free or from the him. cookies after his hat. Why give him such... Well, that's already uh, another thing. <laughs> 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 who, knows, who knows exactly what his hat was or not? I mean, I know, but but the point of it here is the the miracle celebration should celebrate not what he plotted to do. It should celebrate what he um, how he was beaten and how we we were victorious. Okay. Okay. So now the other thing is. Uh, another interesting thing is. So what we're showing is something. There's a pattern over here. On one hand, the name is a Persian name, right? Look. Then we're saying that uh, the representation of the word Purim is lotteries, which represents actually destruction. Now, there's another interesting phenomenon, which is the only book of the 24 holy books that doesn't have the name of God mentioned even once, is the Megillah. Every other book has God's name in it. So another thing, another question is why? Well, there is some reasoning. Some people say because the Persians at the time, they would use it for idol worship because they had another interpretation. But, but at the end of the day, it's one of the holy books and there's not even the name of God. Again, what does that show? That shows, again, like it goes along. There's a pattern here. It's Purim, it's Persian, it's lotteries. The name of God is not mentioned over there. And then let's go a little further. What is the meaning of the word Esther? Where is it referred to? So let's look. The Talmud says, where do we find Esther in the Torah? The Talmud answers from this verse. Look, say the read the verse. And I will hide. And I will hide my face on that day because of all the evil they have committed when they, when they turn to other deities. So what, that verse is a pretty serious verse. That's talking about God says, I'm going to hide my face 
and I'm not going to um, protect them, so to speak, and they're going to be open to uh, other dangers because they serve other deities. The Talmud says, the word Asti, look again in the Hebrew, look at the first line, Va'anochi Haster Astir. Astir is Esther. So Esther is what is hiding. Now, again, this seems to be everything talking about a time that it's hidden. So everything is hidden. You know, the Persian language, it's a uh, lotteries, it's Hashem is not there. The name Esther seems to be also talking about hidden, about non, non-revelation. But yet, it's called Megillat Esther. What is Megillah? The word Megillah means what? God from the word, no. Megillah could also mean a, but Megillah also comes from the word Gilui, which means revelation. So it's revelation of the Esther, which means really, in essence, that you see the Megillah sort of reveals the hidden. And, uh, and, and there's a, almost a paradox. It says, Megillah's Esther, revealing that which is hidden. Megillah to reveal that which is hidden. And you actually see in reality that the joy that we have on Purim is like beyond any of the other joys where really freilach, you have to uh, rejoice to the extent adaloyada that you don't know the difference between cursed is uh, Haman and blessed is Mordecai. That's the way the mitzvah to be intoxicated. So question is, here we see that on one hand, everything is hidden. And then we see Megillah. So what's going on over here? So I want to share with you a thought from the Rebbe. The Rebbe um, says a very uh, interesting thought over here. The Rebbe says like this. He says, it would seem that the Rebbe brings out over here. And this is actually a thought which we can, uh, with the idea that collectively that we can apply, and also personally in our personal lives. Uh, as a community, you know, unfortunately, the Jewish people are always faced with enemies that are trying to do bad to us. And that's been, unfortunately, reality uh, for many of the Jewish history, long history in the exile, while we've been amongst the nations. Even now, Baruch Hashem, we think that we live in the United States and things are reasonably, which is charged, reasonably uh, secure, we reasonably feel good, but uh, it, it doesn't take long for things to change, but the... Uh, but we know Israel, and even today we hear we saw what's going on. And it doesn't take much to uh, get the uh, the anti-Semites out of their closet and start to do, trying to do bad. It doesn't take that much. So the question is, um, what do we do? I mean, how? Do, what is our response to to some of these um, to some of these uh, evil people? I mean, what do we, how do we respond to that? Uh, some people feel uh, that the most uh, uh, important part to do is to try to use all means that we can to combat it, to, to use all natural means. We know, of course, and we believe that God runs everything in the world. But we also know that God wants us to use natural means to accomplish something. And there is a famous verse. The verse states, God will bless you in everything that you do. As we know already, the old jokes about 
buy the lottery ticket if you want to be a millionaire, help him out. So basically what it means is, yes, God will bless you to, uh, they should pick the right number, but there's a little bit that you got to do, that you got to buy the ticket. So, but the same thing is all in life, you know, I mean, everything that we do, if we're trying to achieve something, of course we need God's blessings, but we can't sit by and we're not going to get the manna coming down like the Jews in the desert, it's just going to come pouring down. We are required to make a ishtadlut, we're trying to have to make an effort, we have to do in a natural way. But the question really is, what is how do we uh, perceive that effort that we make? Do we think that that is what's going to bring us to salvation? Is that what's going to help us? Or we think that Hashem is going to help us through that? So. Let's take the story of Purim. So let's take the story of Purim with Esther. So what, what happened over there was that you had this terrible person, Haman, who wanted to do, do bad to them, right? Now, at that same time, you had some pretty good uh, connections to the, uh, to the king because, first of all, Mordechai was sitting in the gate of the king. I mean, he was an officer. He was a recognized, uh, you know, he was a celebrity over there. And, of course, Queen Esther, she was, what, what, how, clo- how much closer to the king can you get? So it was Queen Esther. So one would expect, once the Jews got into trouble uh, with, um, uh, with Haman, trying to kill them, the first and foremost act, act what they should have taken was to run to the king, say, Mordecai, Esther, run to the king and protect us. No, that's not what they did. What did they do? They went, we should gather all the Jewish men, women, and children. We're all going to fast for three days. And he told them. Because he came to the realization, nothing happens in the world just like that. And if we have a problem, we have to do something about the problem. He said, the problem is not just because there's a Haman who hates us, who wants to do bad for us, but the reason he's allowed to do so is because there's a message that we need to do something to better ourselves that the reason we're having a problem is because something that we may have missed or done wrong, that we have this problem. And it, that was quite clear. You know, <coughs> Achashverosh made a party. He invited everybody, including the Jews. And the Jewish people were there. I mean, and everything over there was really not kosher, and the wine wasn't good. There was not a proper place for the Jewish people to be there. But they all went... Not only did they go, as the Talmud says, they actually enjoyed it. Enjoyed it means they felt they're part of the society. They felt part, they felt very, very good. You know, like, it's almost like the Jews feel today in the freedom country. We have all the opportunities. Nobody, we're not denied any. We have all the rights like everybody else. We're invited. We, 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 we have <coughs> equal rights and citizens like everybody else. And, but at that time, this was the, <coughs> the unusual, that was the exception. So the Jews really were flabbergasted and they were <coughs> all excited to go ahead and be part of this party. But on the, by doing so, they took away their own Jewish pride and their own religious. And the Jewish people are a nation, they're a chosen nation, and what's good for everybody is not necessarily good for them. So they shouldn't have been there like just like the, all the other people they should have followed their religion so now when they had the problem 
they could have taken one of two avenues. They could have either said, okay, we have the problem, so let's go call an Esther and Mordechai. No! But they said right away, Mordechai says, you know, we're going to fast and we're not going to eat and drink because we have to make up for that which we have made a mistake. So the first thing what they said is we've got to do Teshuvah, we've got to better our ways. And then the next step, they said, we're going to send Esther, Queen Esther, to go ahead and, and ask for the case. But the first thing what we have to do is to go ahead and introspect and do something that we'll do. We, we should better ourselves. And then, because they realized that people don't have power independently. The power that they have is only because we need to get the message that we need to be able to be better and then we can uh, sort of fight it off. Now, same thing happened with Esther. If you read the story, it sounds a little strange. Esther tells them to fast for three days, but she says that she's also going to fast for three days. Now, Esther was going to meet <coughs> the king. <coughs> and the king had not seen her for 30 days. And she was trying to find favor. And she was supposed to look her best. She was supposed to impress him so that the king should desire her so that she can come and make the request. Now, one would expect that so she shouldn't have really fasted or caused herself to sort of maybe not be on the best of her abilities. So she should have, so it seems almost reckless on her part to go ahead and be fasting in order for her to gain what she achieved. But again, that's the same point over here. The point here is Esther realized that uh, it's not about her beauty or it's not about her enticing the king, but it's really about getting Hashem's blessing, because that's, that's the most important part. Yes, you've got to do the natural ways, but the most important part is not her presentation, but it's really how Hashem is going to guide them. So therefore, her fasting, her repentance was part of this whole thing, so they, that's what they did. And um, it's, it's like, for example, you know, the, 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 um, if you write a check to somebody, okay, you write a big check, it doesn't matter how big the check you write, you must have coverage in the in the bank. You know, the bank must be able to cover the what you have over there. So doing uh, going to the king is like the check. That's the way. But you need covering. The covering is your mitzvahs, your teshuva, your 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 behavior. That's your covering. That's your backing. So what is one going to get all caught up in how big the check should be? I mean what what is the check? That's not it. You gotta make sure just to cover that it has backing. So when we do good things, then we have backing. Then, then when we'll do the acts, then, we, then it will be successful. But if we just do the acts and we don't have the backing, it's, it's, it's almost wasted. It's, it's, it's wasted. And that's the mess. Now, you know, a lot of times we live in a situation in which, uh, you know, we see openly, we see miracles, we see open things. We think things, uh, you know, it's quite clear sometimes when they lived in the time of the Bet HaMikdash, they heard the temple, you know, everybody would see, like very clearly, if you did the right things, you know, you were rewarded. If you did something bad, you got punished. You saw there was miracles in the Bet HaMikdash. It was very obvious that God runs the world and everything is accounted for. But what's the story in the exile? The exile, we don't see all these things, you know, there's just a lot of things that we don't see and we don't know, we don't, uh, we don't experience and uh, therefore, uh, sometimes, you know, people think that maybe 
maybe things have changed, you know, maybe enduring exile, maybe now, you know, things are not the same because we don't see that. And, and, and this is the message from Purim. And this is actually the message we're trying to live with Purim. Look, Purim was a time when they spoke Persian. You know, there's a, the name, even the name is Purim. It's, it's, it wasn't a time, the name, we're talking about an Esther over here, which shows in a time which God sort of turned his face around, away from the Jewish people. The Jewish people, that's why Haman was doing his things, and it was a time which was difficult. So, and that was time somebody can think, well, at these times we, we have to do uh, the natural ways. We can no longer do this teshuva thing, this repentance, this introspection. Oh, this time we've got to do it because we're living in a natural world. You know, let's take, in, for example, in, 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 uh, in, in Israel. So, you know, we say, no, all we need is a strong army. And if we have a strong army, then we will be able to beat all of our enemies. We need a strong army, but we also need uh, God's backing. Those come with the horses, those come with the carriages. We go by the name of God. That's what we mentioned. That gives us success. We know that the victory and the salvation is by Hashem. So while we need a very strong army and we need to be diligent and we need to be alert and we need to do everything what we possibly can on the physical level, but we need to know that it's not the physical level that brings the salvation. It's in Hashem lo yishmer If God doesn't protect the city, then the guard is wasting his time. You know, his diligence is in ways because it's God that does it. So, what is the first approach? What is the first thing that we got to do? We got to make sure that we try to do what's right in the best way that we can. We've got to do the Torah, we've got to do mitzvahs, we've got to live our lives, a decent life, we've got to be honest, we've got to do, be, uh, you know, try to be good people and helpful and, and charity and, 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 uh, and caring and all, all the good things, you know. And then, um, and, and, and that's the message over here. Um, it, it, it's, it, there's no God's name over here, it's, it's, it's dark, the Megillah doesn't have God's name. It's Esther, it's Purim, it's, it's lotteries that are trying to destroy us. Megillah's Esther, you got to reveal in that Esther, in that hidden, you got to bring out and you got to show, no, that even in the Esther, God is still there and God is still looking over us and God is still, even while God is in hiding, He's still looking at us and still we have to reveal that. And that's important so that we bring around the success. And that's, that's as far as, 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 as a life, as a communal life, as a Jewish people. But the same thing is in our own lives, you know, we need to. You know, a lot of times, you know, we think that we're going to be successful because we're going to do things, we're going to make sure to do things. But, you know, you see a lot of smart people have uh, done a lot of them, and they weren't successful. And some, some not so smart people have been very successful. You know, sometimes, you know, you don't, doesn't always uh, work that way. But what do we do for ourselves? So when we want to be successful, whatever we need. So we need to be able to sort of... Um, say to ourselves, yes, we got to do everything that we need to do in the right way. You know, I mean, each one, you know, do try the natural means, but we need to know that what we need is God's blessing. In order to get God's blessing, how do you earn that? You earn that by doing what God wants, and that's the way you're doing is, is by doing mitzvahs and, 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 and studying Torah and doing whatever we can to, to better ourselves. Yeah, what are you going to say? When you mentioned that we become uh, introspective at Purim time, you reminded me of Yom Kippur becoming introspective no, I'm not sure if you're referring to this, but actually, 
Some people say that Yom Kippurim is Yom Kippurim. It's a day like Purim. That even Purim is even even greater. It's not that's not the real literal meaning because Purim is a time of joy. Purim is a time of simcha. But it's Yom Kippurim. It's a day like Purim, which means that it's a day of of of, of joy and 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 and, and happiness. But um, I don't know, you know, when we, we live in the world, you know, today, and, you know, you see now uh, with uh, Netanyahu coming over here, so he has to do everything within his power to um, to try to um, do naturally, not to allow for this thing to happen. But at the end of the day, we have to realize that that's not, you know, we have to be strong and we have to stay strong in our faith and we have to... Uh, increase our own observance and we have to um, uh, realize that look, this is what happened over there uh, the Jewish people were in the low uh, they, they were almost annihilated by the uh, Haman and then things turned around and just the opposite uh, if you look in the history, the Jewish people have suffered tremendously throughout but take a look, the Jewish people survived them all and everybody else is, is, is gone, all those uh, people that cause this trouble, you know, so um, hopefully, you know, that will merit Mashiach, it will be redeemed, we won't have to uh, suffer, but I think that that's, that's Mashiach, go ahead. And when Netanyahu was ending, he said, across from me is Moshe, his, his uh, face, I guess all the very uh, great people are in the capital, like a mold of his face, and he quoted in Hebrew, Moses saying, we have to be strong, and God will lead us. Yeah. I think that, um, yeah, I think that he actually um, um, made a, he was he's a proud Jew, and he did it, and uh, um, not to get into the general debate, so uh, 